the 15th of June, 2006, episode 35. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Rookie Designer is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. There are thousands of web hosting providers out there, so how do we know which one is worthy of our business? And when it's time to design a site for either ourselves or for a client, which software should we use? There's a lot of options for that as well. Now, software pretty much eliminates the need to know HTML, but should we learn it anyways? We're going to talk about these issues and more today on Rookie Designer. We have a couple pieces of news, uh, the first of which I just received an email telling me that lynda.com CDs are 50% off. Now, these are the training tutorial CDs. They actually, I subscribe online, but you can also buy the CD, and it actually comes with all the files that they use in the tutorials. And uh, 50% off, that's a pretty good deal. So check that out at lynda.com. Uh, also, the Adobe Lightroom beta number three is up now for, for your downloading pleasure. So if you want to check that out, get in there. It's uh, Again, it's like an application for organizing your digital photos, and you can also do some manipulation and, and stuff like that in there as well. So that's still in beta. It's beta number three. If you have the old one, go ahead and update it. If you don't have it yet, go check it out. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes today. I'm actually leaving to go on vacation today. So there's not going to be any Ricky Designer next week, and there's also not going to be a Quick Tips next week. And uh, if you've already watched that, you probably already know this. I'm going to be gone for a full week. I get a nice vacation, bookended by two different weddings. Yay. Anyways, um, what I've done is I've actually made a movie, uh, another tutorial, like a Quick Tip type of movie. And you'll be able to find that in the forums. If you go to the members only folder, I'm going to have it posted up there. So uh, hopefully that'll get you through and fulfill your needs for next week. Unless you, of course, go up and download it sooner and watch it. But it's a good size movie. I think it's like 19 minutes or something like that. And uh, well, you can get it up there on the forums. If you're not a member of the forums yet, then go join. And you actually have to join and log in to be able to see the members only folder. So if you can't see it, it's because you're not logged in. So go check that out next week or whenever you want to download it. And I hope that helps you out. Our votes are going excellent. Uh, they were kind of down for a little bit and all of a sudden they shot up. I think we're at like almost 45 votes again. So we're stuck in that number three place again, which is right where we want to be. So I want to thank everybody for voting who has done so already. If you haven't, well, you're wasting time. It's time to do it. So just go up to rookiedesigner.com slash rookie and stick your email in the form on the right-hand side of the website there. And then you'll get an email back with a link in it. Click on the link and you're done. It's as easy as that. And again, I would really appreciate it if you can take the 30, 45 seconds that it actually takes to do so. 
Last week, I tried, I, I mentioned that I was starting to use a new piece of software. It's actually a plugin for my blog. It's called PodPress, and it works. If you went to the website, you noticed there was a little player that you could use there to actually play the show that's right inside the, the show notes. So that was pretty cool. But uh, I was a little worried that it might not accept the, uh, might not accept the, the tracking that's in it. It actually automatically tracks for you and sends everything to pod track, which is what I usually use to track. And it looks like everything's working good there. So that's what I'll be doing from now on. So if you, uh, if you don't have your aggregator open, open, or you don't want to use it, you can always go to the website now and just use the player that's in the show notes and that should work out for you. Something I haven't asked for quite, quite some time now is for listener surveys. And I do believe I still have that up there. Let me actually check right now. Um, listener survey is for PodTrack as well. And yeah, it's uh, on the fast links. It's underneath the link to the MySpace page for Ricky Designer. If you could go there and fill that out for me, that would be excellent too. It's just a way for me to understand what people do and don't like about the show. So that definitely helps me out. This one does take uh, about five to ten minutes, and it's pretty damn boring. So I, I'll really appreciate it if you do this for me. Um, if you have some free time and you want to be bored for about five minutes, then go do that for me. I have launched my third podcast. Yes, I am a glutton for punishment. I already have absolutely no time at all, but I wanted to. I've been wanting to make this other podcast for quite some time. This one is not business, it's all for fun, and it's called Audible Recon. You can find that at audiblerecon.com, and also put a link to that in the show notes. But this one is all music, and if you like the, the type of music that I play at the ends of these podcasts, then you'll definitely want to go check that one out. It's, uh, it's all music of that kind of genre, I guess you would say. Before we get started, I want to thank Donna, who sent in the topic for today. And again, that is web hosting. How, how do we choose who to use for, for our web hosting services? So the first thing I want to talk about is space. And how much actual physical storage space do we need? How much do we get? And that's probably one of the biggest things you're going to think about when you're looking for different providers of web hosting. How much space do you need? Well, that depends on what you're hosting, of course. If you have just a simple website with just text and a few pictures here and there, you're probably not going to need all that much space. And obviously, a good way to figure out how much space you actually need is to click on your folder, your, your root folder that has all of your website information in it. Be sure to take out any supporting files like PSD files, but just grab that folder with all the files in it. And uh, if you're on the Mac, you're just going to hit Command-I, or if you're on a PC, just right-click it and get the properties for that and just see how much how big that folder is and that'll tell you how much space you need. Uh, in most cases it's not going to be a whole lot. It's going to be definitely probably I don't know like 20 megabytes or something like that maybe at the most. Now if you start putting things in and I, this is probably going to apply to most of us if you start having like larger images like a portfolio image, if you have uh, extra PDFs if you have movies or audio files that you're linking up there for people to watch or listen to, that's when it's going to start growing. Obviously, these these types of files are a lot bigger than just some uh, web-optimized photos, and the HTML pages don't take up any space at all. So that's that's really going to be your concern, is how much, 
how much of the larger type of files that you're going to have. And in some cases, if you have a very small site, you might not even need to pay for it. There are some freebies out there. I actually get, uh, with my cable service, the, my uh, internet provider, they actually give me uh, a free little web space. It's, I think it's like 10 megabytes or something. So I usually use that just to maybe throw files up if I want to go throw them up there and then grab them later from a different computer. Uh, it's it's big enough for a very small site with almost nothing on it. But uh, obviously, if I want to get into putting movies and, and audio up there, then I'm going to need to purchase some service. So again, what we're looking for is how much space we're actually going to get. And also, does it accumulate over time? The, the host that I use, actually, the space accumulates. You actually get more space every month. So that's a good thing to look for, too. The, the host that I use is called DreamHost, and you can find that at dreamhost.com. Actually, I'm going to put a link up in the show notes to that, too, if you want to use these guys. I think they're great. Uh, I use the, the, the low-level plan that they have. It's only $7.95 a month, and you get... Now with that, you get 20 gigabytes of storage. So that's that, that will be more than enough for you. And that's a cheaper price than most people, than most hosts out there that you'll find. So that's why I love these guys. I've been with them for about a year now. Um, next thing you might want to consider is how much bandwidth that you're, you're allotted and how much bandwidth are you going to use? Well, in most cases, it's not going to be that bad. Again, if you have movies or audio... Every time people download that, then that's that's part of your bandwidth. Every time you upload stuff to your website, that's bandwidth. So those are those are how you uh, start using it up. This was a big issue, as I said before, with podcasters when they first started. Some people didn't realize that their their listener base was going to grow super fast, and because of this, they they had so many people downloading that the bandwidth was humongous and what happens when you go over your bandwidth with a host is they start charging you and it's usually not cheap so that's not something you want to do so you want to make sure you have enough uh enough bandwidth to cover what you're putting on your website and again in most cases it's not going to be that bad if you just have a portfolio with a few movies or audio clips up there but if you do have something like a, a podcast where you're putting up new audio files all the time, plus there's people going back and listening to the, the old ones, then obviously you're going to need more bandwidth. With that same plan that I use for the $7.95 a month, you get one terabyte of bandwidth. So that's humongous. You're probably not going to go over that. Um, I, I was getting, I've been getting about 12,000 downloads a month just on this podcast, and I haven't even gotten close to using, I've used probably about a third or a quarter of my bandwidth. So that's pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty good on that. Uh, next thing you might want to look at is emails. How many email accounts do they give you? What kind of emails do they give you? There's POP and there's IMAP. Uh, what kind of filters do they have to go along with that to try and keep the garbage out, which is everywhere these days? And uh, I was going to read this one thing just... I don't know. Most people use the pop emails. I don't know how many people out there are using IMAP emails, but they are great. I started using them when I when I got this host. And there's a lot of advantages they have over the pop emails. First of all, and I'm getting this off of the Wikipedia, but it says both connected and disconnected 
disconnected modes of operation. When you use a POP3, clients typically connect to the email server very briefly, only as long as it takes to download any messages. When using the IMAP, the, the clients often stay connect, connected as long as the user interface is active and download message content for on demand. Basically, whenever it comes up, it'll get that for you. You can also have multiple clients simultaneously connecting to the same, same mailbox. The POP protocol assumes the currently connected client is the only client connected to the mailbox. In contrast, IMAP protocol specifically allows simultaneous access by multiple clients and provides mechanisms for clients to detect changes made to the mailbox by the other. Concurrently connected, blah, blah, blah. So basically, I have, I have my emails coming to me in Entourage, both at home and at work. And when I, when I actually delete an email, then I don't have to come back to, uh, I don't have to come back to my home computer and delete it there too. It's already deleted. So the changes show up. So that's something that's a big time saver right there. Uh, some of the other things, the message state information is kept on the server, uh, through the use of flags defined in the IMAP protocol clients, can keep track of message state. For example, whether or not the message has been read, replied to, or deleted. And that's kind of what I was just talking about. Uh, you can have multiple mailboxes on the server. IMAP clients can create, rename, and, and or delete mailboxes, usually presented to the user as folders on the server, and move messages between mailboxes. Multiple mailbox support also allows servers to provide access to shared and public folders. Generally, I think they're, they're a good thing to use. And of course, you're gonna they're gonna have some kind of thing where you can access that on the the internet as well. So if you're somewhere without your machine, if you're on somebody else's machine, if you're in a uh, on one of those machines in the internet cafe or something like that, then uh, it's a good advantage. Uh, the next thing to think about is domains and subdomains. And subdomains would be something like vacation.rookiedesigner.com. Yes, vacation is on my mind. For here, you're looking for how many domains and subdomains they actually allow you to register and point to your server. I think with my package, it's unlimited. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yep. It's unlimited on all of DreamHost packages. So basically, I can point as many different domains as I want to to this one. So right now, I have titanstrides.com going to this server and rookiedesigner.com going to the server. Also host the quick tips ones, but those that one is just kind of a built off of the rookie designer. It's not its own domain. Not yet anyways. So something to look at there if you're gonna to want to have multiple domains, maybe multiple different sites being hosted on the same package, which you can definitely do if you get this package because it's humongous. You've got tons of tons of space to be able to put up several websites. Uh that would be something that you you wanna look at. Also, sometimes they throw in free domain registrations. They gave me one free one, which is how I registered rookiedesigner.com. So that was a nice little package, nice little addition to the package. And I actually didn't know until about six months into it that I could actually do that. So that was a nice little thing. And, and look for these perks because there's little things that obviously these companies are throwing in to try and get you to use their service instead of somebody else's. Uh, some of the other extras that they might give you are CGI scripts. And there was somebody that was talking about this on the forums. I guess they they had a, a 
some kind of hosting issue where their their friend was hosting it for them or something, so they didn't have access to these. But most hosts will actually give you free CGI scripts. And these are for counters, for wikis, galleries, forums. That's where my forum came from for this show. The blogs, uh, which again, I'm using the blog that came with my with my host for Ricky Designer. They can give you polls, calendars, all kinds of stuff like that. And a lot of times they'll have, with mine, it's called one-click install. So it's it's basically dumbed down so you don't actually have to know, you don't have to look at the code or anything ever. You basically just set it up in there and it, and it does it for you. Uh, the next two are probably the biggest ones as far as looking for a host. And the first one is customer service. How well do they respond when you have a problem? And how easy are they to to reach? Uh, my first host that I used ever didn't have an email. They only had, or rather, they didn't have a phone number. They only had email. And if you see a host like this, don't use them. You want to have a you want to have a phone number there, so if anything goes wrong, you'll be able to contact them immediately. Uh, don't get into this thing where you're sending off emails and you're having to wait a week. You know, obviously, if you have something important up on your website, you can't you can't wait for a week to go by if it's not working. So make sure that they're easy to reach. Get a phone number, and uh, I mean, I would go off of recommendations here. And I say this, of course, you know, I'm going to recommend my my host for you. But uh, if you you know if you have friends that use other hosts, ask them how it is. Ask them how the customer service is because that's actually pretty important. The next thing to take into account too is services and the quality of the service. Uh, is there any downtime that you've noticed? And again, this is gonna—you're not gonna know until you actually use them as a host. So if you know people that already use hosts, then maybe find out that way. Ask them how their host is. If they have any downtime, if so, how much downtime is there? Sometimes they have to take things down for a little bit for maintenance. But uh, how long does that last? And are you are you actually alerted beforehand? My first host. Things would go down probably at least once a week, once every two weeks, and it would be down for quite some time. It would be down for a few hours, and it was really it was really kind of frustrating because I didn't know what was going on, and then I would send them an email, and I wouldn't hear back from them for a couple of days. By that time, it was already fixed, so something to take into account there. Again, if you have very important stuff up there, and they're having downtime, and you're you know, maybe it's prime time for when your customers are going to be trying to go to that website. That's obviously not a good thing. Uh, also, does everything work the way it's supposed to? Um, this probably won't have too many problems, but maybe you get into those free CGI scripts or something like that and things just aren't working, which again goes back to the fact that you're going to want to be able to contact these people to say, hey, you know, I bought the service. It's supposed to come with this. It's not working. So what's going on? How are you going to help me? The Probably the most important thing would be the price. And just remember that cheaper isn't always better. But there are good deals out there. There's there's good deals to be had. I think the deal that I have is very good, $8 a month. And I think that actually goes down a little bit if you purchase like a whole year or two years all prepayment. The price actually goes... No, actually that is two-year prepayment is $7.95. So if you only pay for one year up front, it's $9.95 a month. And if you pay month to month, it's uh, $9.95. And there's actually a setup fee for that as well. So it's better to actually purchase at least a year 
then you get rid of that one-time setup fee, which is 50 bucks. And if you buy two years in advance, you get that cheaper price of $8 a month, which is very good for the amount of space and the amount of bandwidth that they're giving you. The Keys to the Game, brought to you by techpodcast.com. I thought for the keys today, we'd move into Dreamweaver since we're talking about web design. And these are pretty obvious ones that I'm going to give you. And I think pretty sure that they're universal. I don't have Dreamweaver on a PC, so I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure they're universal keystrokes. Um, and this is to update the design view in Dreamweaver. So if you're working either in code view or in a split view where you can see the code and what the page looks like, every time you change, make changes to the code, if you're actually hard coding something, you press F5, it'll update those changes to the graphical view or what your page is actually going to look like. So that can come in handy if you're making a lot of changes to the code. Uh, another good one I thought of, uh, F7 is the spell check, which is, we've talked about this many times before, it's very easy to make typos or just spell something incorrectly. You want to make sure you go back and spell check that to make sure everything's right. Uh, nothing says unprofessional like words that are spelled wrong. And I think it might not be something that occurs to everybody when you're doing web design. Uh, when you're doing something that's going out to print, it's just in your normal routine to actually go through and spell check things. But uh, it might not always be the case if you're working in web. So F7 for spell check. So now we're going to talk about web design and what applications we we want to use for those. I'm going to say that most likely all of us are doing front-end design because we are designers. Uh, I don't think too many people who deal mostly in code are going to be listening to the show, any developers or anything like that that do the back-end stuff. So we're probably going to want something that's a, a WYSIWYG type of editor. That's the what you see is what you get. And there's definitely good ones out there, as we know. There is Go Live and Dreamweaver. And there's some others out there that have some good functionality too, but they're not, I don't think they're to the standards of these two applications. When I was in school, we used BB Edit, and that was because they wanted us to, to learn the code. They didn't want us to be able to do it graphically, so that's why we use that one. But I think it's to your advantage to work in something like Dreamweaver or Go Live because you can, you have the option of just writing the code yourself or doing it graphically or mixing the two together which is always great. So, And there's a couple of things that I wouldn't recommend using. Um, I think Word has some functionality where you can export to a, a web page. InDesign has the same thing, and so does Quark. And Quark actually built in a lot of functionality for web. I don't know why they did that. That was version 5, I think, where they made all these upgrades. Oh, you can use all this stuff for web now, and, and nobody really cared. Uh, it was just one of those things. That was when they were in their lull period where they weren't really doing anything at all. So uh, I wouldn't recommend using any of those things. It's better just to get into an actual web design program. Uh, some of the other good ones that I said, we, we use BB Edit in, in school. You can also use HomeSite, which again, that's probably more for people who are writing code and not wanting to do things graphically. And of course, you can just use a text editor. Uh, if You can use WordPad or Notepad if you're on the PC, or TextEdit on the Mac. And obviously you need to know the code to be able to do that. So there's this big thing been going on on the forums, and everybody's reading about it. There's articles going out, and then articles claiming that, that the information is false. Um, will there be only one standing when all said and done between GoLive and Dreamweaver? Because they are both owned by Adobe now. 
And they do have some different functionality. They're, they're very similar programs, other than the fact that they're laid out very differently as far as where all the pallets are and all that kind of stuff. But they're very similar. They do the same kinds of things. They do each have their, their own functionality that kind of makes it stands, makes it stand apart from the other, I guess you would say. But uh, there might only be one of these. I mean, it, it makes sense that Adobe would want to just kill one of these and put the extra functionality into the one and make one big super product. And as far as as far as most people are saying, Dreamweaver is the more superior. I think it is. I've used both, and I think Dreamweaver is a little bit better. So that would probably be the one that prevails. Are they both good? Yes, they are. Uh, like I said, I've used both of them. I learned first on Go Live. And I learned through the lynda.com movies, which was very good. It's very informative and teaches you everything you need to know just to get started anyways. You should really just use whichever one is available to you. If you have Go Live and you don't have Dreamweaver, obviously you're going to use that one until it's discontinued if that's the case. Uh, but if you have a choice, I would use Dreamweaver for the, for the couple of reasons actually that First of all, if one does go away, it's probably not going to be Dreamweaver. And also because I just think it's a better product and it's easier to use. So um, if you're learning, I think somebody on the forum said they were just learning one. Uh, again, I would, I would give you the same advice. Use whatever that you have available to you. If you can get your hands on Dreamweaver, I would learn that one. Um, because obviously there, there are some similarities between the two products and how they work. But you're going to have a little bit of a learning curve if you only know Go Live and then that goes away for Dreamweaver. And this could all be a moot point too. If they do combine them, maybe they'll change the layout of Dreamweaver. Maybe it will be more like Go Live. I don't know. It's just things to think about like this that uh, might actually come into play. Now, our last little topic here was sent in by Darren. So thank you for sending that in. And he was asking, do you need to know HTML? And in this day and age, it might seem like you don't, because like I said, there's these programs like Dreamweaver where you can do everything graphically. You can just pull your graphics and throw them down wherever you want them and all that. Uh, there's, I think both of those programs actually have that functionality and I believe it writes it in CSS. And it, uh, you can literally drag your images and your text boxes wherever you want on the page and it'll just write the code for you. So again, it might not seem like you need to know it, but... I'm going to say that it's still a good idea to know HTML. It's always good to know so that if you need to, you can go into that code and make some changes if things aren't working quite right. Sometimes the graphical views in Dreamweaver and GoLive don't come out exactly like they're supposed to. So you might actually need to get into the code and tweak it a little bit. Uh, HTML is actually everywhere now too. So you can use it. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed on the forums, if you want to put a link in or something, you can do that. There is, they do have little buttons to help you out with that as well. But I mean, if you know how to write the code, you can, you can write things in, you can put images in or links. You can also do this in MySpace. If you have a MySpace page and you want to, uh, you want to make it look different, you want to put a different image in the background. I'm sure you've noticed that lots of people do that. They do again have packages that you can just download or bring into your MySpace page and it'll do it for you. But you can also go in and write your own code to be able to do that. So it's just good to know HTML. And it's really easy to understand. If you've never dabbled in HTML and you open up a page, let's say you go to a web page and you look at the source code, it's probably going to look very confusing to you. And uh, 
Well, most web pages these days aren't going to be just HTML, so maybe that's a bad example. But if you were to look at a page that's only HTML and look at the code, you would probably think that it looks very confusing and very hard. But it's actually not. It's just knowing uh, a couple of different tags and how to use them correctly and, and what they do. So it's pretty easy to understand. Uh, it's still used in several sites out there. Like I said, a lot of them are moving to different languages these days. There's a lot of PHP out there. Uh, there's ASP. There's uh, CSS. And CSS is something that I would recommend going ahead and learning too because that's it's actually makes things a lot easier and I'll get into that a little bit later but HTML is still used in several sites out there so if you have that knowledge then you'll be able to work on those pages and the last thing is once you learn HTML it's really a gateway to the other languages they say that uh, pot is the gateway drug well this is this is what I would call the gateway language it gets you into it helps you understand the other languages that are out there I just recently started using CSS and I just made my first whole website in CSS and it was a lot easier and it's very easy to update things and that's that's the beauty of CSS is all your styles it's basically a style sheet if you ever use style sheets in InDesign or Quark it works in much the same way to where you have one document that sets the style for your whole web page. So if you need to change the color of something, you just change it in that one document and it changes it across your whole website. So it's definitely very cool, easy to update, and I think easier to use. I was doing everything in HTML and tables before, and using div tags and, and using CSS I think is a, a better, more efficient, easier way to do, th do things. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. I had something a different plan for the rookie mistake today, but then somebody put up a rookie mistake on the forum, and I thought it was great. And I had actually experienced something like that before as well. So I'll just use mine as an example. My first website that I ever created for a client, I was actually building, and I built it right onto the website. I put everything up before they paid me. And this obviously is not a good idea. It's kind of like, it's kind of like giving your your final print files to the customer before, or even printing it out for them before they even pay you. That's something you would never do. But it might not occur to you that if you're building a website, you don't want to do it on their server so that they already have all the files. Now my situation worked out pretty good because they still owe me some money, and it was taking them forever to pay me. And somehow they lost their login information for their server. So luckily they were dumb enough that they didn't know that all they had to do was call GoDaddy and, and say, what's my login information? They probably would have gave it to them, but I still had the login information and I said, well, you can have your login information back when you give me my money. So I kind of held the, held the login information hostage until they paid me for it. So that worked out for me, but definitely if you're going to build a website for somebody else and they're paying you for it, you want to get paid before you give them the files. So what you want to do is either either set it up on a server of your own to where you have just like a test a testing area where you can put it up on the internet and show it to them that way or I would just get the files and actually show it to them on your computer without giving them the files you can just obviously open your own files in in your browser but don't give them the files do it on your own computer things are getting a bit out of hand looks like it's time to go to the bullpen 
Our website for today is actually another podcast, and I had some people asking me for a web design podcast. So I went out and searched in iTunes, and I found this one. It's pretty good, and it's very highly rated. It's uh, it's at boagworld.com. That's B-O-A-G world.com. And this podcast is pretty good. I listened to a couple of them. The guys are very, very passionate about web design, that's for sure. But they, they go over things pretty much step by step. Uh, some of it may be a little advanced if you're not familiar with web design that much. But I think all in all, it's a very good website. And they have some good tips for what to do and what not to do. And I also would recommend going to their site because there's a lot of good information up there. And they have a lot of good links to, to resources for web design as well. So check that out. All right, before we get out of here, just want to remind you, if you haven't voted for the show yet this month, please do so. Again, you could do that by just going to the website and sticking your email in the form there and pressing the send vote button. Please take the listener survey if you have about five minutes and you want to be completely bored out of your mind, but that will definitely help me if you do that. If you're not on the Frapper map, go check that out and put a, a pin in for wherever you are, and you can find that in the fast links. And... If you like the music that I play at the end of these podcasts, go check out my new podcast, Audible Recon, at audiblerecon.com, or just search for that in the in the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you need to contact me, you can do so. You can email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can Skype me at username titanstrides, and you can go to myspace.com slash rookiedesigner. And uh, I've said it before, I'm definitely not a an expert when it comes to web design. So if you have anything to add to the discussion on this actual episode, then just go up to the forums and post away. And if you're not a member of the forums yet, you're probably going to want to be because again, I'm going to be on vacation next week and I'm putting a movie up on the forum in the members only folder. And again, you can't access or see that folder unless you're registered and logged in to the forums. But definitely go check that out. Uh, it's like a 20-minute movie for your viewing pleasure and may teach you a thing or two. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and subscribing. Wait, I left something out here. The call-in number is 619-573-4043. Add a one and a country code if you're calling from outside the United States. And uh, drop me a message. I love to hear from you people. Uh, I promise I won't put it on the show if you don't want me to. If you don't want to be embarrassed by having your voice on the show, if you don't want that, if you don't like that, but, uh, it'd be great to hear from some of you. And, uh, well, I want to thank everybody for listening again, new listeners and old. Thanks for staying subscribed and listening here and keeping this show going. And I'll talk to you in two weeks and don't forget everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.